You have now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strange to the game. Adjust the listening devices and keep it locked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. Two, two, three, three, I'm on 10 again. Hello, and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. Uh, this week, we're in Oregon, Eugene, Oregon. Um, as always, I'm Ja, that's Troy. Um, and yeah, we have a lot going on, as we have, as we've talked about in the last few episodes, there's just a lot of transition, a lot of things going on right now. The reason we're up in Eugene is for the Olympic trials that I'm competing in. Um, so the family came out to support, um, and it's been a good experience thus far. Um, I made it through, um, qualified through the first round. So the second round, the finals are tomorrow. Um, I guess you guys may not be listening. Time may not line up, but <laughs> we're on to the finals. And so excited about that. Um, how have you enjoyed being up here in Eugene and Oregon and I guess the Pacific Northwest? Uh, first of all, the weather is, is great. I couldn't ask for anything better. Uh, the scenery is you know, awesome. The, the the trees, the just the environment, the nature is very soothing and relaxing. And I've been out here probably 30 years ago when I was playing ball. Uh, we played uh, University of Oregon. And so I remember those just uh, brings back those memories of being on the campus and in that stadium and playing and hearing the crowd. Um, that's exciting. And I remember as a kid, uh, with my grandparents, Granny Josie and them, we used to come up here in the summers. We'd come up through um, Oregon, all up through Seattle and those areas. We would camp for a couple of weeks. We'd pick the blackberries and just hang out in the campsites and swim and just do things that were a lot different than what we would typically do back in the desert. So it, it take, brings back those memories. And to be here for this occasion uh, is really exciting far as the Olympic trials, making it to the finals. I mean, seeing the, the elite athletes of the sport of track and field. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, it's a good, good, good experience for not only myself, but for you and the rest of the family, just to be able to absorb this, take it in and to do it on Father's Day. Um, you know, it's a great, great present, great gift. And so I'm looking forward to tomorrow and uh, seeing you jump in the finals. I think some some big things can come about and we're expecting some big things. So um, I'm looking forward to it. So let me ask you, how do you feel about the experience considering being here for Olympic trials? Very few people get this opportunity to compete at this level and have an opportunity to go to Olympics what's your thoughts on it and how are you absorbing this at this point in time and in this moment uh i mean like i've been telling you for the past couple of days it's kind of one of the best mental spaces i've been in for track meet i'm not i'm not downplaying the you know i guess magnitude of the moment and obviously it is a huge meet the biggest meet i've ever competed in for sure um but there's also no pressure or you know like I'm not, I'm making sure to, to, to kind of keep it all in perspective. I think for me, you know, I've gone to meets, big meets in my career and, 
completely messed up, you know, and it was horrible. And I've gone to big meets and I've succeeded. And so for me, it's like, I've seen how both of them go. Um, and ultimately, you know, life keeps going one way or the other. I want it to go a certain way, but there's no pressure. And when you're going in with that way, you just making sure to have fun with it, execute the, to the best of your ability and focus on that as opposed to, wow, this is a big meet. I better make sure I'm on. Um, it's, it's, it's a great mental space to be in. So I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm taking it all in, you know, talking to the professional athletes. You know, I remember in 2017, I went to the national meet up in Sacramento and it was like, I was starstruck. You know, I was seeing all the stars of the sport and it was like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? It was overwhelming, but now being in the sport a little while longer, I wouldn't say they don't, you know, it's, not, it's still cool to be around them, but I'm not, you know, just dumbfounded by their presence. And so um, this experience has been a lot more fun, obviously, to make it to the finals and, and go have a shot to, to you know, let it all hang out and see what happens. You know, you never know. And so I'm enjoying it. Um, and I've enjoyed the Pacific Northwest as well. I mean, I know we've talked about it as a family. We really like this area now. We caught it during a good time, you know, the <laughs> summertime. Um, but, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of been pretty cool to, to, to enjoy this area, messing up our allergies a little bit. But other than that, man, can't complain too much. Yeah, I know you said you had a chance to speak with, you know, some of your idols in the track and field, particularly Will Clay. What, what was that like? No, I mean, I've, I've met Will before, um, but to talk to him and him kind of encourage me about keeping going in the event, because, you know, as we talked about in the last episode, that's kind of one of those things I've been going back and forth on and, you know, wanting to train post collegially. But to hear, you know, somebody like that say, man, you, you're close. You know what I mean? You're right there a few minor tweaks and you're on that elite stage, you're on that elite level. Um, it means a lot. And so it's been an encouraging meet um, and for so many different reasons. And that's one of them. So it's, it's been cool to, I guess, be around those guys and watch them up close. No, that's cool. Uh, I never had that experience, at least in the midst of it, being able to com converse with my idols. When I played football, I, I was always on the level of those who I was playing with. Now I got a chance to, while I was in the midst of it, have one of the great of all times tell me, hey, you you got a shot at being really good at this and, and going to the next level. So I, I can imagine that being, you know, um, very uh, boosting, you know, a confidence booster. Yeah. And so give you some things to think about uh, once we get through this phase of the trials and potentially hopefully the Olympics uh -huh. to see see what happens next. Yeah, no, it's been, I mean, and it's kind of one of those things, I guess I've heard a lot of people say that, hey, you you can go far in the sport. You can do this at a high level. Um, and it, it means a lot every time, but it's like, I'm starting to be like, okay, well, I need to see this. You know, I need to see it happen. Um, but to hear it from, you know, like you said, one of the best to ever do it, it means a lot as well. And so I just, I think the key for me is patience. And, and like we talked about last episode, I owe it to myself to see it through. You know what I mean? I'm only 22 years old, probably in more so of a 19 year old body. <laughs> so I'm not too worried about breaking down or, or health or anything. I've been healthy, uh, knock on wood. But, you know, I, I owe it to myself to see it through. And so it just helped to have that encouragement for sure. Yeah. And it's one of those sports where I think the older you get, the more mature, the more success you have. So most of the time, youth in this sport, don't fare as well as somebody who's a little more mature and their bodies are developed. So like you said, just 22, and you look at the guys that you're competing against, some of them close to 30. Yeah. 
and you know they're still competing at a high level so there's room to do it and um so it, it's, it's it's exciting yeah so um also this week you had your first week on, on your new job yeah yeah no. that go? it's been a hectic week um so let's see thursday i drove okay i left wednesday from manhattan kansas drove to albuquerque new mexico that night stayed there next morning got up drove to phoenix i spent thursday in phoenix got into my new apartment literally emptied my car laid on the floor (laughs) and friday uh i got up came home you know saturday sunday at home um we did the show (laughs) that was that that was when we was there sunday night left came back to phoenix got up monday morning and started my job um, obviously, you know, knowing that I was not going to be there Friday and I won't be there Monday and Tuesday, uh, I made sure to go in early and stay late to try to get ahead of, you know, the onboarding process and a lot of these entry level things that we're doing. So it's been a crazy week. It's been a lot going on, still trying to train. Obviously, I had the biggest meet of my life coming up. So, you know, I wanted to make sure I was staying active and training and doing that at a high level but also you know i started a brand new job first big boy job as they say so i wanted to do that to the best of my ability as well so it was it was funny because like i've you know we've talked about for the past couple days i had no room for nothing else first of all there's no wi-fi in my apartment yet no furniture or anything so it was just you know really hunkering down and, and and focus it was work and then when i was on the track i was on the track um and when i went home it was eat sleep that was it and get up and do it all over again but it was a good week you know working for a nba franchise is is extremely exciting especially one you know we just watched finished watching the western conference finals game one and they pulled out a win um it's an exciting time to be joining this franchise you know this is things they've never you know experienced and so there's a lot of transition a lot of opportunity um and it's exciting you know what i mean to be in the office it, it, it seems like something like somewhere i can flourish you know, I enjoy the people there and I enjoy the environment. You know, they're, they're about business and you're going to go in there, you got to work. But it doesn't seem like it's just a place that people go in there and they dread coming into work every day. And so that's something I know I couldn't I wouldn't deal, deal well with. So I'm excited. I, I'm enjoying it so far. So what is it you like most about your new job? I know there's just you're in the just starting out and this was your first week. But what are some of the highlights that you really look at and say this part? I'm really excited about it. I'm, you know, looking forward to doing more of. Well, one of the first things is, is I get to go to games. I love I, first and foremost, I'm an NBA fan. I love NBA basketball. I love the stars of the league. I, I've enjoyed watching the game for years now. So to be able to have, you know, tickets to games, I had tickets to this game tonight, <laughs> couldn't go. But um, you know, to be able to be around an NBA franchise and, and seeing how it all the inner workings work is just so exciting to me. Uh, but even more that, you know, I am going to I think I'm going to enjoy what I do, you know, making a sale, um, you know, what I mean, talking to people and, and, and really trying to, I guess, give them a great experience. You know, I'm selling a, pa- a product I'm passionate about. I'm not selling toilet paper or something that's like I would dread going into work every day. I get to go in there and tell people, look, I love the NBA. This is why I think you should enjoy it and come buy tickets to see the game. I don't, I'm not trying to convince you of something I don't like as well. Cause if I had the money, I would buy season tickets. You know what I mean? And so I, I think I can, that's something I can do every day. And then, like I said, the environment in the office is great. You know, I think the, the team that we have is really laid back and loose. And so it's somewhere that I think I'll enjoy being. 
Well, it shouldn't be too difficult of a sell considering <laughs> their current success and looks like they should have some success, you know, for the, at least the immediate future to be able to do something and compete and be, um, you know, very competitive in the Western uh, Conference and, you know, competing for a championship. So uh, I don't think that makes, I think that makes the job a lot easier yeah. um, and fun. You know, people want to align themselves with winners. They want to be a part of that process. They want to be a part of that whole environment. So I think it's a good time, as you said, to be there and to be a part of that franchise and learning. Um, so what is your ultimate goal? I know you're, this is the starting point and some many times when you start out in your career, you don't always end up there. Yeah. Um, and this may or may not be the exact place where you want to be as far as uh, sales, but what is your ultimate you know, goal as far as a career outside of track and field? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I think I'm going to enjoy doing ticket sales and, and selling season memberships. And it's something that I think would be cool for some time, but I don't, I don't see myself selling season tickets for the next 20, 30 years of my life. Um, I know I want to become an executive, whether it be in the private sector of sports, you know, with a, an agency or whether it be working my way up with a franchise. You know what I mean? I could see myself being an executive with the Phoenix Suns. But a part of my goal with the next, you know, however long it may be, is to figure that out because I don't fully know. But now that I'm entrenched in the industry, you know, I can I can speak to people who are in positions that I'm interested in and say, well, what is that like? How do you see that? Watch how they do things and see, you know, where do I really see myself ending up and, and where do, what's the direction I really want to go? Um, so it's, it's just good to be a part of it now. And then I can really, I guess, network and make the maneuvers necessary to get where I want to go. But to answer your question, I, I'm not 100% sure. You know, I have ideas. I think, you know, ultimately I was like, you know, our, our cousin, Tony Regans, we mentioned on the show a lot. He was a general manager. And that was kind of like, I want to do that. Um, now, you know, I don't know. Is that where I'm going to end up? It, it, not exactly sure. But like I said, to be around it, I believe I'll start to really get an idea of where I want to go in this industry and start to figure that out and make the moves to get there. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when I think back, I remember as a kid when you, you stated that, and you you didn't show a whole lot of enthusiasm, but you said, you know, we were just talking to have random conversation. And I remember we used to go to the Cal State games and you long jump and you didn't necessarily win, you didn't do bad, but you weren't that guy. Everybody's looking at us like, wow, this dude can go. Yeah. And you all, I remember one thing you said, you were about nine or 10 years old. And you said, that dad, I think I'll get a scholarship, you know, <laughs> for track and field. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I didn't think much of it at the time. And to see that you was able to take those action words and verbs and manifest the reality. Uh, I mean, you have to work hard and you have to put in the effort that you did, but to see you go out and everything that you stated that you were going to do, that you've actually been able to accomplish, uh, mm. you know, getting a scholarship, competing at the highest level in NCAA track and field, and now on the biggest stage, you know, competing for a spot on the USA Olympic team. Um, did you ever really, when you said that, was that something that you really thought about or was it something that came up and you just said it? Did you really believe it or was it <laughs> something you were just saying at the time? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was what I was football, a little bit of basketball. We did track maybe once a year, really. You know, I, I didn't really start track until freshman year of high school. 
Um, I don't know. I think I was always a very observant kid, as you've pointed out before. And I was I was I was very honest with myself and I knew where I was going to I was like football as much as I loved it. I was just a little small, a little scrawny. You know what I mean? Not that I couldn't have worked hard to get there, but it was like it would have been a struggle. Um, basketball. I think I ultimately could have been pretty good at basketball, but it just I don't think it came completely naturally to me as much as I love the game. Uh, track was one of those things that like I saw as my body matured and as I started to figure things out in the sport, I, I saw myself going to that route. Now, did I 100% believe that when I said it? I don't know. You said I was nine to 10 years old. I barely remember that. I vaguely remember saying that though, but I just think I was one of those kids who was always really honest with myself. But, you know, I, I would say fresh, freshman year of high school, I did track because my older sister did it and, you know, people in our area did it. Um, and so I was like, all right, I'll do track or whatever. And I remember I jumped my first time ever triple jumping. I jumped 33 feet. And I remember a coach saying, you know, if you can jump 40 feet by your senior year, you know, you you'd be doing great. And I was like, cool. You know, I didn't know any better. 40 <laughs> feet sounds great. That was our school record at the time. And by the end of that exact same year, I was jumping 40 feet. And so it started to I started to really. First of all, I enjoyed winning. And so I was competing and, you know, winning and stuff like that. And so I started to really look at it and, and look at my I've always been good at comparing myself to others. And I looked at other people doing the event at the pro level. You know, I'd watch them on YouTube and stuff like that. And it was like, I, I don't see why not. You know, I, I look at some NFL players and I'm like, I don't look like that. <laughs> I'm not built like he is. If he come in, hit me, I'm, I'm in trouble. You know, in basketball, they're, you know, six, seven, six, eight, six, nine, you know what I mean? And I didn't know, I, was, I didn't think I was going to get that height. And so to be a six, one, it was going to be tough. And so I looked at the track athletes and I was like, I'm there, you know, I, I can do that. I can be with those guys. And so that's when I really started to believe it and, and work for it. And it, it wasn't easy. You know what I mean? You, you know, every step of the way, it was not easy. It's been, it's been a long journey and we're not done yet. It's not going to get any easier from here, but. Yeah, I've always believed that I, I had a I had a chance. Yeah, even when you was jumping out in the middle of the desert on a conveyor belt, yeah, no track. <laughs> I mean, that was a humble beginnings to be able to sit where you are now to have a chance at making the Olympic, you know, track and field team and to compete, you know, for the United States um, in this summer. So um, I must say, I'm very proud of you, not only for what you've accomplished as an athlete, but just the person you've become to be able to be a student athlete and graduate in four years uh, from first uh, university of P Purdue University and then transfer over as a graduating senior to K-State and, you know, the runner up in the big 12. I mean, I think at every level that you competed, you, you were able to get on the podium. And so um, that, that, that says a lot. That says a lot um, about you, your character. And once you set your mind to doing something, um, you pretty much is going to uh, accomplish that. And so that's one thing I always saw in you is that if you were engaged in something, you I had yeah. to step back and let you do it. Yeah. Now, there's other areas where it was like, I got to go hit this thing inside <laughs> his head because he, he ain't listening. He ain't going to do it. And he got to do this, yeah. you know, and it was just, areas where I said, I got to make sure that he finds that thing that he loves so that me and him don't have to fight. <laughs> and he ain't got to fight in life because he's getting up doing things that he, he don't have an interest in. And so that's why I've always pushed you guys to find that thing you love. 
Whereas your sister, on the other hand, Tia, she was always the go-getter. Uh, she just kind of, whatever it was, she accepted the challenge and she worked hard. And uh, she's finding those things that she loves. And as you can see, she, she goes hard and she's always putting in the time, the commitment and the effort to, uh, to make those things happen. And Malia, you know, we still working with her to see, see where she goes. She's, she's extremely talented, very smart and intelligent. Sometimes almost to a degree where she thinks she's the smartest one in the room. Yeah. And so, but I think with her as well, I could see a lot of success is just finding a way to continue to motivate her and uh, get her to that point where she can begin to self-actualize and, and, and self-motivate to do the things that she needs to do to be successful. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just a quick note on that. I mean, it's kind of the same for me. I, I noticed at a young age, like, if I don't care, I, I don't care. You know what I mean? And I you could knock me upside my head and I'll do enough to get you <laughs> off of my head. But if I didn't care, I just wasn't gonna, I was never gonna give my all to it. And so track was one of the first things that I was like, you know, whether it was, you know, because when Paul came along, he's like, we're working out at 6 a.m. And I, he says it now that that was a test to see how bad I wanted it. But it was never even a question of if it was just like, all right, let's go do it. Because I don't know, that was the first time in my first time in my life. I feel like I really was able to chase something. And even over these last almost 10 years now that I've been doing it since high school, um, you know, whether it was 6 a.m., 5 a.m. workouts in college or, you know, the grind of being a student athlete like you talked about. It never felt like work. You know, there was times where I got, you know, stressed or, you know, obviously was very tired, but it was, I never even once thought about, do I want to keep doing this? It's always been yes. And so for me, I think that's why I had, that's why I owe it to myself to keep going was because, you know, it's not a matter of if I want to do it. Now I'm allowing outside forces to dictate whether or not I can. You know, my, my heart says I want to, you know, I'm letting other things decide for me. And that's something I, I never want to do. So I'm excited to see where we go from here. Um, tomorrow, man, let's, uh, let's go get it and uh, let's make something happen. Well, I expect big things. And I know the people back in the neighborhood, back in the, in the, in the community are uh, cheering for you, proud of you and excited. And so um, you got a lot of support back home and in places that you've been, you know, mm -hmm. from the schools and the universities. Uh, so uh, everybody's looking and rooting for you to, to go out there and do your thing. And so I, I believe that you will. And I believe that you will uh, walk out of there with your head high and proud of what you was able to accomplish. Most definitely. Um, another thing we should get into today is, is this weekend, I guess this is holiday weekend, ain't it? It's uh, Juneteenth. Um, just to switch gears here. I mean, Give a, I guess, give a, your overview of what Juneteenth is and what it what it originates from. Well, Juneteenth essentially is a celebration of the day, and I believe it's in Texas, Galveston, Texas, um, after the Emancipation Proclamation that was um, handed down in 1865. When that hit, 1863, excuse me, when that came out, um, Everybody didn't get the memo. <laughs> so many of those that were enslaved, particularly in Texas, they didn't get the memo that, hey, we free. Y'all yeah. can go ahead and roam about the country and do your thing. <laughs> uh, it wasn't until two years later, 1865, where they actually got the notice and uh, they were informed that, hey, slavery is abolished. It's no longer legal here in the United States. 
you guys are free. And so from that point in Texas, I know they began to celebrate Juneteenth because that was the day in which they have received that information. And I remember as a kid, didn't understand what it was, our family, because our family from Texas, going out to Texas and there was this big celebration. And at the time I was just thinking, okay, we're having a picnic and we're just hanging out and uh, didn't realize that that was what that was. I also remember we used to always go to the Texas picnic in Riverside. Um, and it would be, I was assuming that it was all the people who came from Texas and their families that lived in the Southern California region that we would go there. And I remember this big park and it was just mounds and mounds of people. And it was just like, wow. Uh -huh. And so I think that was a part of that celebration. I think it happened around the same time. We didn't call it Juneteenth, but I knew it was around the same time uh, of the celebration of Juneteenth. Yeah. And so I had, I guess I've always celebrated, but I just didn't really know what it was until recently growing up, um, finding out, okay, Juneteenth, and this is what this means. And this is why we celebrate it. Mm. So with that being said, I think it's being that it's a federal holiday now, I think that's a great recognition. And I think it's good to be able to see that those things are starting to be recognized and acknowledged. But I still, you know, as we talked about, see it as a symbolic gesture. Yeah. And we, you know, it's a holiday that everybody's going to celebrate. Um, but there's some certain things that we as a community have been looking for and, and asking for and needing that seem to have not hit hit the um, hit the legislation in a way that people are really ready to vote for. Um, regardless of how you feel about re reparations, that's something that has not really came to the floor uh, to be voted on, to really be discussed seriously. Um, we're talking about police brutality. There's a lot of discussions but legislation has not been handed down to address that. Um, I do know recently uh, President Biden did the um, hate crime bill for Asians, which I think is great. And I think uh, I'm in support of that. However, we've been, we've been on the bad end of police brutality, hate crimes since we've been in this country and there's been no specific hate crime bill for African-Americans or Blacks, or some of us are referred to as American Africans, mm -hmm. there's nothing that have come down to really specifically address those concerns. And so for me, although I acknowledge the federal holiday and I think it's great, again, I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's really addressing our needs in a way that we need them to be uh, looked at and addressed. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it just seems like a weird thing to celebrate as be like if you were wrongly in prison for you know 30 years and it was like oh we actually were supposed to you know finish your sentence two years ago and now you celebrate the day you actually got out it just seems weird in my opinion it seems like it need more i guess it would make more sense in my opinion to celebrate the emancipation proclamation being signed because i guess that was kind of the first day but Nonetheless, I think it is something to celebrate and something to, you know, just commemorate. Right. Almost as if, you know, that's kind of where things that was a tough time and a tough thing we got through. But look at where we came from. And that's kind of just letting us know where we come from. But well, like you said, I mean, it just it's once again does seem like one of those cool like this is a great gesture. And, and my biggest thing is 
you know, I mean, they can't even, you're not even supposed to learn about Juneteenth in school. They, I guess there's federal laws against teaching about, you know, that particular time. Certain, certain states. Certain states, yeah. So they're um, challenging the critical race theory in which we talk about the various uh, accomplishments and contributions of various ethnic groups, specifically Black and African-Americans here in this country. And that's really been contested and challenged uh, on, on many levels. And it's kind of sad that that would be challenged because it's really not Black history, but it's really history. Mm. It's just that Black people made those contributions. So we study and we listen and we, we, we um, celebrate the history of many other things that have happened. And I think that's just part of history. Um, however you label it is one thing, but it's, it's part of the fabric of this country. And I think it should be acknowledged and it should be taught so that we have a true history of this country and a true understanding of what this country has come through and where it's at. Because I see the country, the ideals of the United States of America are wonderful. You know, to be able, everyone is to be treated equal and considered, um, you know, sane, so, yeah. so to speak. And then to not be able to acknowledge the contributions and all the things that have come about to the various uh, cultural and ethnic groups seems to be a little uh, disingenuous. And it's, it's a bit sad. And I think the country doesn't get a chance to fulfill its its goals, or should I say it's, it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, I don't know okay. what I'm looking for. <laughs> it's principles? It's principles, there you go. Okay. It's principles of being the land of the free, yeah. home of the brave, uh, because you're leaving out a, a really uh, big segment of your history and not acknowledging that history and those people who contributed to that history. And so uh, I think our country is gonna continue to have those challenges, uh, ethnically, culturally, uh, racially, until we can really deal with these things in a way that's uh, meaningful and in a way that uh, allows us all to show the contributions and, and, and where we come from and how we are able to work together and it doesn't mean that, hey, the country is a bad country because it's one of the greatest countries in the world. There is something in our history and in past and even present that needs to be dealt with, but it doesn't say let's throw everything out because of these things that have happened in the country. Let's celebrate where we've come from and let's make efforts to continue to improve on those things. Yeah. And on a, on a positive note, I think the thing that I'm noticing is that there's a there's discussion everybody's kind of saying you know it's the same thing we're talking about right now it's like hey that's not enough we need more we appreciate it we believe that that's a great you know step but we need more and so just the fact that we're acknowledging these things and being able to talk openly about it you know whether it be on social media or you know within our households or in groups social settings i think that's key and that's going to push the needle that's going to keep making sure that we're not settling for you know this you know that we're satisfied with that cool no everybody's keeping keeping their foot on the gas and making sure we're pushing this thing forward. And I think that's going to ultimately help us keep moving forward. And that's going to be key for us. So, yeah. Yeah. I just think we got to live up to those ideas and those principles. And it's going to require all of us to, you know, make the effort and the commitment to make that happen and fight that resistance. Mm. Cause there seems to be some resistance for whatever reason, but in order for this country to be as great as it has, uh, can be, then those ideas and those things have to 
become reality for all of us or else it's just a, a big lie and a big big uh fabrication of what people express in our constitution and so um i think we're going to get there i hope be sooner than later um it's been a long process and i guess it's a marathon but hey getting a little tired of the other brown <laughs> hey but you got to keep running man the marathon continues america we're gonna hold you accountable the principles that you said so yeah I, I mean i think that's that speaks for itself and so um i guess we can end it right there we you know appreciate everybody for tuning in uh everybody back home appreciate the support uh go out and finish the job tomorrow um happy father's day i appreciate everything you've done for me and my sisters and what you've meant to us and fathers everywhere keep doing what you do uh, I know you don't get the credit you deserve all the time, but <laughs> we appreciate you guys and, and our listeners and our, our supporters. We appreciate all of you and hope you keep tuning in. All right. Peace. All right. That'll wrap up today's episode. Glad we could take a moment to put you up on game. We post a new podcast every Sunday morning. Now you know. Peace. Peace.